Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. What's up, everybody? <laughs> you guys, I love those videos. I love them a lot. Guys, I, I'm going to tell you another story. Okay, and this is one maybe that you've heard before. So I want you to, while I tell this story, I want you to close your eyes, okay? And I want you to close your eyes and focus on the detail of this story, okay? If you've heard it before, I want you to listen for specific things about this story that you maybe have never noticed before, all right? At the very beginning of what we know as time, God had a good idea. He saw what we call the earth, and he decided to create beauty and purpose for something that had nothing. What's amazing about that, the way he created, is that he did it out of nothing. You know how you and me, we have supplies, and we we use other ideas, namely for me, Pinterest and Google. God is the first one to think his ideas and then create them. So he got busy. He didn't wait for anything because God is a go-getter. He does not wait on the sidelines expecting things to be created. He creates them himself. He spoke. Yeah, just spoke things into existence. Light first, because God is wise and doesn't want to stub his toe on a side table. God spoke with intention every time he created something, and he didn't just create the light. He told it where to be, where to start, and where to end. He told the light how to shine. Next, God created land and sea. He separated them and put them each in their specific places, water for the ocean, the rivers, the lakes, and even for the sky, which would eventually fall on the earth. We call that rain. Land for the mountains, the prairies, the beaches, and the forests. After that, God covered the dry ground with plants, cactuses, fruit trees, cacti, I don't know, vegetables, wheat, and so much more. He spoke all of this into reality. He covered the land he had separated from the water with living things of all kinds. And he didn't stop there. God kept going. That's right, folks. Put on your rally caps. There's more. Next, he brought more light. This light was even more specific than the first. These lights were to shine at certain parts of the day so that you could differentiate night from day and even tell just from the light what time of year it was. He told the stars where to sit and arranged them above the land and the sea. Next, he populated the land and the sea with creatures. Some that swam through the water, some that walked on land, and even some that flew straight through the sky. But all of them were living, breathing animals. They ate the vegetation that had been created, and they moved along the water, land, and sky, being taken care of and sustained by God himself. Finally, after creating all of these amazing things, he created even more. And I tell you what, this was his pride and joy. God created human beings. But from the very beginning, he made sure this creation was completely different. To, To start nothing else, not the birds, the trees, or even the magnificent mountains, 
We were made to be like God. God made us special, like him, in more ways than one. He made us to live with each other, together, and with him. He created man, and he created woman. He created you, and he created me. And he said that all he had created was very good. You guys can open your eyes. I want to give a disclaimer, because we have talked about this a little bit, but here's what I want to say. I'm just going to get it right out there off my chest so you guys can all squirm a little bit. We are talking about sex. We are talking about sexuality and about what God has created us to be, who God has created us to be. And we're going to talk about it because we believe that if God created us so specifically, more specifically than he created the whole world that you can see and experience in front of you, then it's worth figuring out why. Why did he create us the way that he created us? Why did he create the land and the sea the way he created that? It's important to talk about this because God talked about it. So I know it's uncomfortable, and some of you are probably sitting right here in your seats right now, and you're like, where else could I be? Please, anywhere else. Anywhere else than right here, right now, because I don't want to talk about this, and I definitely don't want to talk about it here. And I would say some of you maybe are even sitting here, and you're thinking, are you really going to do that on this stage, at this church, right? Because sometimes we can... We can tend to avoid topics because we don't understand how much God cares to be involved in our lives. And I think that we just got out of a series that talks about tricks and treats. One of the tricks that we can be deceived by is that God doesn't care. God cares. And so we have, we've just talked about all these tricks and treats, and I'm not, this is not an exception. We have to talk about this because our sexuality, the way that God created us to live and to be with one another is important and God cares about it. So we are going to do that. So let's go ahead and pray. I want to pray for us while we listen to this tonight. So bow your heads with me. Father, thank you that you allow us to talk about anything, to talk about everything. God, thank you that you care to hear our struggles and our questions. God, thank you that you have given us uncomfortable things to talk about, that maybe take us outside of our comfort zone. And God, thank you most of all for not just leaving us to our own devices, for not just hoping we get it right, but God, for creating us with a desire that matches your desire because we were made in your image and for sending Jesus, who is the ultimate example and ultimate sacrifice in order that we might be able to understand the mystery of the gospel. And God, I pray that tonight, these seventh and eighth grade students in this room would lay aside any sort of uh, frustration or (laughs) anxiety, maybe, about this topic, and that they would actually allow themselves to listen and to respond and ask questions and see what this topic, what tonight, what these next three weeks, talking about sex, could mean for their lives. God, thank you for allowing us to be known by you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, I gotta tell you guys about something very cool that I heard about recently. I was doing some Googling, because that's where I get all my ideas, and I happened upon an article 
that talked about accidental inventions. There's a lot of accidental inventions, ones you've probably heard about. And one of those was potato chips, which I thought was hilarious because, I don't know, it feels like we've been frying things for a long time. I don't really know how that could be an accident. But it was. And the other one that I found interesting was microwaves. And microwaves were an accidental invention that a guy named Percy, uh, he, he discovered he was working um, at a science place where science people work, probably, and they were testing like radars and stuff. I don't claim to understand it all. But he was working diligently, as a science man does, and he was also was a little snackish. So he had some chocolate in his pocket, and he was working on the radar, and then he realized that the chocolate that was in his pocket had melted. And he was like, well, what the heck? I was going to eat that later, and now I can't, and I have to get new pants. But all of his friends laughed at him. They thought he pooped his pants. It was a real bummer for that guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think it, that wasn't in the article. I made that part up. Um, but he, <laughs> he discovered that something he was working with was changing the temperature of the, the area around them. So they started doing more research, and they found out that the microwaves that they were using in their radars could actually heat up the environment around them. So they harnessed this power, and they put it into a box, and now we all have them in our kitchens. Raise your hand if you have a microwave. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, it probably sits on your counter or like above a cabinet, right? It's like pretty small, like you couldn't fit inside of it, right? Uh, <laughs> that was a weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> but the original microwaves were not that small. They were actually huge. They were like taller than me and like, th they weren't that wide, this wide, taller than me. And they actually, they weren't that fast. They took about 30 minutes to heat up so that they could cook something. But once they could cook, or once they were heated up, they could cook things in like a minute. They could cook a potato in like a minute. Like faster than our microwaves can cook things because they were bigger, I don't know, really. Honestly, I don't know why. But they could and now they can't, so sucks to be us. But this, this invention, microwaves, right? It was an accident. This guy, this Percy guy, he just accidentally discovered because of something else he was doing that microwaves can also heat things up. Right? And I, I'm thankful for that man. It, very, it has helped my life. Um, how many of you guys know who Bob Ross is? How many of you guys have heard his phrase, happy accidents? Like this picture of him is definitely a happy accident. I don't even know what is going on in that picture. I don't want to know what's going on in that picture. But for him, I guess that was a happy accident. He looks pretty happy. Um, I think that's a squirrel. It's his squirrel? Do people know about how he has squirrels? Yes. Cool. Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, um, our good friend Bob Ross, he talks about happy accidents, right? If you're painting and you're like, whoop, accidentally put green in the sky, make a tree, right? Happy trees. And so here's what I want you to understand. Because all of those stories are funny, right? Um, and it makes sense that in this, uh, in, in this place where they are... in. Uh, inventing things, they might happen upon something else. But here's what I need you to understand. What God does when he creates is not that. And if you think that God created you on accident, any part about you, 
anything about you, if you think that was an accident, you don't know my God because he does not do things on accident. God does not just accidentally discover microwaves. He actually very intentionally, I, I read you the story of creation and I wanted it to be in different words than you've heard it because sometimes we can read over scripture really fast and we can forget how crazy it is that God spoke, he said, let there be light and there was light. And it wasn't some cool like clapping light thing, okay? It was awesome because he creates things from himself. He, he has the power to create things from himself. He doesn't get it from anybody else or outside of himself. It comes from him. He is the source of power and he is the distributor, distributor of power. That is the God that we serve. He doesn't do accidents. And I think that's extremely important for us to understand when we talk about sexuality, when we talk about God's design for who we are in a relationship with somebody else. Because if God designed us with such detail, with such intimate and personal, specific detail, why would we think that he doesn't care or accidentally gave us sexuality? That's not true of our God. He doesn't do things on accident. So, I want you guys to understand this because I think that this is what scripture tells us about who God is. We, we see in scripture, in 1 Corinthians 6, I think it's gonna be up here. 1 Corinthians 6, this is in the message version. It says, God honored the master's body, Jesus, Jesus' body, by raising it from the grave. He'll treat yours with the same resurrection power. Until that time, here's where I want you to listen, remember that your bodies are created with the same dignity as Jesus' body, as the master's body. That is amazing. That we were created with no less intention, no less dignity, which means honor and um, sacred set-apartness, holiness, if you've heard that word. That's what dignity means. It's to give somebody worth or value. We were created with no less worth or value than Jesus. And that has to be how we see what we're talking about for the next three weeks. Because if we don't understand that God loves us and cares, God cares for you and wants the best for you, then we won't understand why his idea of sexuality and, and how sex should be practiced is worth listening to. How many of you guys have ever heard somebody tell you something that you knew they were not an expert on? Anybody? Anybody? We got a lot of experts out there because of the internet. And we can sometimes assume that God is the same way. Like, okay, well that's one idea, but it's not the only one, right? But God created us with intention, with the best idea. Here's what I want you to understand. God's idea of better is always better than mine, than yours. That is something that my youth minister for eight years told me, probably every single week, that God's idea of better is always better than ours. And that is also true of our sexuality, of how we look and, just, and choose to think about sex. So... What are, here, here's the thing, we talked about this dignity idea that Jesus 
had, was created with dignity and we were created with that same dignity. And so here's what I wanna do. I want, I wanna paint a picture because if we were created with dignity, if we were created to be sacred, to be set apart, to be different, wholly different than the rest of creation, then so was everything about us, right? And there's two different types of things in life. There are things that are commonplace and there are things that are sacred. So here's what I want you to understand, is that commonplace things and sacred things, sometimes we can get those confused because I think we have a wrong idea of what sacred means. Sacred is not something that we do a lot. Some, sac sacred is not something that we set, up, set aside for certain things or certain practices, but or commonplace, I'm so sorry. Commonplace is not something that we just do a lot and we, we uh, can just do whenever we want. And sacred is not something that's determined by quantity, right? You can do really good things and you can have really important things to you that you use every single day, right? How many of you guys have a phone and it's really important to you? and you use it not just for like fun things, but like for actually getting a hold of people, right? Like you actually use it to communicate, like, hey mom, I need to get picked up here, whatever. And it's important for the way that you conduct your life every single day. The way that you use your phone is actually what makes it sacred. The way that you use it is what makes it sacred. The way that we talk about sex is that it is sacred. And that the way that we use it, the way that we talk about it, the way that we choose in our lives to participate in sex is sacred. But a lot of times we can choose to, to understand it as commonplace because we think of commonplace as we, it, we use it a lot. That's what commonplace means. But anything can be made sacred that is commonplace because of the way that you use it, because of the way that you view it. And I am asking you to see sex, to see your sexuality, to see you as a human being the way that God sees you, and that is sacred. He created all of creation with you in mind, with his identity through you in mind. So, here is the last thing that I want to say to you. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, says this about husbands and wives. And hold on tight with me because I know some of you are like, well, we're not married, so why are, you, why are you saying this? But hold on because it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. And then, later on, in verse 32, it says, This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ in the church. Here's why we have to understand sexuality. Because when we can understand how God created us, that he created good things for us, in the right context, which I would say that for sex, God created us to have sex in a relationship between a man, one man and one woman that are together in unity forever. 
That is, the, that is what God said was good for us. But Paul tells us that the reason we have to understand that is because by understanding that, we actually can understand better the way that God loves us. Because all throughout scripture, all throughout the Old Testament, here's what we see. The people of God, they cheat on God a lot. They don't, they don't see God as holy and set apart. They actually see him as something that isn't sacred and that isn't even good. They choose other things over him all the time. But God said that a good relationship with me is one that's just with me. That you see me as God and you see you as my people. And so, I want you guys to, to understand and move into the conversation that you're, we're gonna have for three weeks, knowing that this conversation is worth having because as much as it might be uncomfortable for us to talk about sex, we can actually begin to understand God more through this conversation. And when we give over our own desires and when we decide to surrender that God has better ideas than we could, we actually begin to understand how much he actually loves us. So, I am going to pray for you guys and then you will be dismissed groups. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for um, church that we could come and gather together and talk about who you are and talk about how much you love us and what you've done for us. God, I pray that this group time um, that these students are about to walk into is good and healthy and honest, that students would submit to who you are and what you have given them as good, and that we would have good, healthy conversation, that we would ask questions, and that we would ultimately seek to know you better. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.